with the God of the miraculous. And that only happens when we pray and believe. God partners with us in this. And so, um, yeah, we are ex- I am excited to be here. We, uh, this, this morning, we're actually continuing a series where we're highlighting just one of the resources that's really available, but a resource that we have made available to each and every one of you called Right Now Media. That's an ability to uh, um, be able to learn and grow in your own homes, but also it's going to lead to a kickoff in our community groups. Uh, community groups is just another word for small groups where we gather in smaller groups to grow. Uh, the heart and the, and the desire behind this is, is, I feel this is where God is moving us as a church, where we gather together in a larger community to celebrate, but we actually grow in smaller communities together. Uh, and as we grow and then as we gather and celebrate, we actually benefit the greater community, which is uh, the city of Powell River and where you find yourself. But uh, um, I think we've learned in the past year and a half or more of, of, of this season that if we aren't already established in connections with one another, that you know, when we get to the position where we need to close again, uh, are we going to be ready? Do we have connection community? Uh, will we have resources to continue to grow and worship? Just because the building closed down doesn't mean the church needs to close down. And, and while some have done well, others have really suffered. And so we really want to establish a community that not only meets together and grows together and grows deeper together, uh, but also a community that continues to just fellowship and grow together. So um, those community groups are starting uh, in the fall, so begin looking out for that. But we're highlighting that. And this morning, it's my privilege to kind of focus on marriages. Now, usually when, uh, not usually, but sometimes you think that when we talk about marriages, it isolates people who aren't married. But these are principles that, that lead into uh, um, relationship. And sometimes, isn't that that song, uh, I wish that uh, I knew now what I knew then. Oh man, I'm so bad with songs. Uh, how did it go? Something where I, I, you know, if only I knew uh, what I know now when I was younger, you know, and I wish that in marriage, uh, my first few years of marriage, man, I wish I had some of the tools that I have now because, oh man, if I can go back, uh, yet yeah, God is good and God has amazing grace. And so uh, it's really important to learn together. And I don't know if you've ever heard the expression, uh, if you're a guy, chances are we have said this very same thing, happy wife, happy life. Anyone ever heard of that? Like in all honesty, right? And, and, and really, when you really think about it, it's a pretty selfish statement, right? Like happy life, happy wife. And that's usually how we go. And then we just kind of cave into the wife, right? And then, and then we just passive aggressively uh, do things in our marriages. And then all of a sudden the wife notices that we're just passive aggressively doing something. And then all of a sudden we have a marriage full of passive aggressiveness, right? Does that anyone else relate to that? And that's kind of marriage, that's kind of relationships. And there's more to that. And I think a better saying, and I hear some people say it, oh, happy house, happy spouse, happy house. That's what it should be. And, and I think what's more important to focus on is actually healthy, healthy spouses, healthy homes, right? And, and there needs to be a health in our marriage. And, and marriage is a partnership. It's, it's, it's more so like a mutually laying down our own rights uh, to learn to grow and to love uh, one another. And it's, it's sacrifice. Marriage is sacrifice. And when you're dating and when you're first in love, it doesn't feel like a sacrifice because it's like lovey-dovey, you know? Like dubby, dubby, what is even the word? But it's like nothing, there's no wrong. It's ah, oh, and you kind of like love covers over a multitude of sins and love makes you blind, all that kind of stuff. But marriage is a sacrifice. And sacrifice sounds like gross, but it's actually just really beautiful. And so... This morning, um, have you ever, maybe this is a me thing. Now, I know a, a lot of people are really, really handy. I'm not, but I, am, I really like buying things. Anyone else with me? I don't know if you've ever 
uh, um, when I first got our first home, I decided I needed to go uh, Home Depot was a pretty new concept when I first got my house, and I thought I should buy some tools. Uh, friends of mine actually bought me like ratchet sets and all that kind of stuff, but like real guys use power tools. And one of the first power tools I ever bought was a skill saw. Now, skill saws terrify me. Anyone else actually scared of skill saw? Like you see people working them, I'm like, how are you cutting a straight line? And how do you still have fingers? And so I, I bought this skill saw, but it kind of just sat there because I, I was scared. I didn't know how to use the tools. Now, it, it, we live in a day and age where so many tools are available, so many uh, resources are available to help us, but we don't really use them because we don't know how. We're kind of intimidated by it. And it's the same thing with our marriage, that, that there is tools and there is resources available that we are actually able to grow and work on our marriage so that we can move from a passive-aggressive home to a healthy home. And, and I think all of us would love that, Right? And the tools are there, so how do we use it? So I want to highlight one tool that's available. And again, this is a, a series from right now, uh, Remedia. So this is just a, a quick intro to one of the uh, marriage, um, not courses, but marriage resources that's available. So let's uh, play the video. Meet Brad and Jessica. They've been married for a while now, and like many couples, they don't always see eye to eye. They love each other, but conflicts arise and small misunderstandings escalate into what seems like a never-ending back and forth. Soon they're feeling angry, hurt, and resentful. They sit alone and wonder, how did we get here? Welcome to the crazy cycle. We all know that we should love our spouse, but many of us are unaware of the specific relationship descends into strife and distrust. Fortunately, God shows us a way to resist this downward spiral. In Ephesians, husbands are commanded to love their wives and wives to respect their husbands. And just as Christ loves us unconditionally, we are to give love and respect at all times, whether we feel our spouse deserves it or not. As we put them first, we begin to recognize that their complaints are often a plea for love or respect. We trust that they are good-willed people, that even in moments of anger or selfishness, they want the marriage to flourish. This is how we end the crazy cycle, with a conscious commitment to love our wives, to respect our husbands no matter what. Brad and Jessica may not always see eye to eye, but they've broken out of the crazy cycle by living in accordance with God's good design. Awesome. So who related to some of the messaging in that video, right? When I first watched this, now there's, there's a boatload of resources. And I just picked this one because uh, Katie and I actually did a love and respect course way back in the day, but way back in the day. I'm not that old. I may be like, oh, I'm older than I think. Anyways, oh, a long time ago. But uh, the part that got me was sitting on the couch with their cell phones. Have you ever experienced that? You know, at the end of the day, that, that there's so much resentment that we can't even communicate with each other. You know, how do we break that cycle? Now, it's interesting because the majority of this, that entire uh, series is based on a passage in scriptures in Philippians. It's actually Philippian, Philippians 5. And, and uh, the section that he's reading is 5, uh, verse 33. But I want to start a little earlier because it really sets the stage uh, of, uh, of what marriage is like and what healthy marriages look like. So let's start with Ephesians 5 in the first two verses. 
It says this, Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. So let's pause there, because this sets the scene for everything else Paul is going to share in the remaining, uh, remainder of this letter. He says, imitate God. And then he gives the example of loving others like God loves others and sacrifice for others. So immediately, everything that we're going to read and everything else that's in this part of the letter needs to be filtered with this idea that we're actually all imitating God. And the example God gave us is loving one another. And, and how do you define love? When I think of God's love for us, immediately I think of a really popular verse that you hear in a lot of weddings. It's found in 1 Corinthians 13. It says, love is patient, kind, keeps no records of wrong. And it goes through this list of what love is. And so if you're ever wondering, when God says, I love you, and, and, or, or when God says to love others, how do we define that? That's actually a great filter. Love is patient, kind, keeps no records of wrong, that never fails. And that's found in 1 Corinthians 13. And you can see it there. But it says, imitate God and his love for others and in, in his sacrifice for others. And later on, Paul would actually write actually earlier in, in, in Philippians that, that uh, um, God actually laid down his life for us. This is the sacrifice that God gives. And again, it sets the tone for the instructions to, to husband and wives that Paul would, uh, would then write again in Ephesians 5. So a little later on in Ephesians 5, now verse 21, this is what Paul says. And further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. For the wives, this means to submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife, as a Christ is the head of the church. He is the Savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife, his wife actually shows love for himself. So let's pause there. Now, many have taken this verse and with little understanding have used it to abuse their role in marriages. And what we tend to see when we don't fully understand what this means is kind of men kind of controlling their wives, wives being submissive to that control, and then passive-aggressively responding to their husbands. Has anyone actually seen that, witnessed that, experienced that, or is that relating to something? Right, where, again, without proper understanding, we're missing kind of the beauty of what Paul is writing here. Again, everything filters out of the beginning of that verse. Imitate God who loved and sacrificed. So uh, um, sometimes we read that, we like to pull key words that stand out for us, right? And, and sometimes if we're a guy, we look at the key word and we see, oh yeah, wives submit to husbands. I like that one, right? And then wives will pull out key words and they'll say, oh yeah, but like love like Jesus, love the church. And we're pulling out words. But I, I want us to look at it in kind of this, this holistically. Now, uh, the word submit, uh, specifically found in verse 21 and, from, and throughout, it says, and further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. 
I want us to understand the language here. Again, first it says submit to one another. This is spoken to both husband and wives. Submit to one another. Now that word submit that's specifically used here is kind of a fun word. Now, uh, uh, unlike the English language, we kind of have one word and we need context to fill in what that word means. I, I've kind of said this before, kind of like the word trunk. It could mean tree trunk, elephant trunk, uh, the trunk of a car. And we know the difference by the, the, the conversation, right? The context. Now, in, in, in both Greek and Hebrew, the context is actually built into the word. So they'll have different words for words, like submit. Now, the particular word submit that Paul uses here has a military uh, term and a non-military term. Now, military term is actually fun. And it's a cool picture. It doesn't necessarily apply here, but I'm going to share it because it's a really cool picture. Uh, 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 in military context, it means that regardless of rank, you get in line to help a cause. So regardless of rank, so in now when you think about military then, ranks were set in positions. So for your particular rank, you'd be the front, particular rank, you'd be the middle, back, and then they have people over those ranks. Now, this particular word submit is regardless of where your rank is, you fall in line regardless of position in order to, 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 to cause a goal, which that would actually applies in marriage. But if you look at the non-military definition of this word, it even, goes even deeper. Now, uh, um, this is a word study, so uh, um, you can simply look up the definition of word. It's like using a dictionary. That gives you a little bit. But there's people who are a lot smarter than me that uh, will go further understanding language, context, and stuff like this. So this is actually from a few articles uh, by F.F. F. Bruce, actually, who is an excellent Bible translator. And, and it says this, Submit in non-military reference is a voluntary attitude of giving in, cooperating, assuming responsibility, and carrying a burden. I'll read that again. A voluntary attitude of giving in cooperating, assuming responsibility, and carrying a burden. Now, isn't that a beautiful picture? Again, this is how Paul starts this off. Submit to one another. Lay yourselves down for one another. Cooperate with one another. Assume responsibility for one another. Carry the burdens of each other. Again, it's a beautiful picture of mutual submission becoming one person. It's like saying that you are not, you know... We are two individuals coming into a marriage with, with, with different characteristics, things that make us who we are, dreams and ambitions, yet marriage is this moment where you take all those things that make you you and you submit them, you lay them down, and you cooperate with your partner. And now we say that your dreams are my dreams and my dreams are your dreams, and together we work together to kind of accomplish these individual goals. It's a laying down of what you think your right is to, to, to work with and, and, and help the person beside you. So in a healthy circumstance, when I lay down my dream, Katie picks up that dream and helps me fulfill it. And when she lays down her dreams, I come alongside and we work together. It's two becoming one and in every essence. Now, when we again look at Scripture missing that understanding, then we're missing the beauty of what it is. And it's beautiful. It's this amazing picture and we have to understand that the Word of God is like this perfect thing. Yet the people reading it, we're imperfect. And if I'm in a broken marriage situation and I read this and I take out of this that this gives me the right to then control my wife, that I'm missing this beautiful picture that God has painted and designed for marriage. 
Now, if we look at verse 33, the kind of the, the, the impotence, uh, uh, impotence, oh my gosh, that is the wrong word, the impetus of this whole session. Let's read it again. I'm trying to use big words and then it's coming out dumb. But anyways, <laughs> so again, I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself and the wife must respect her husband. This is where the phrasing love and respect come from. And I love if you, if you go through the teaching, again, it begins to highlight that, that men and women are different. We have different needs, and, 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 and well, we're just different. And on top of that, we receive and communicate love differently. Not only are Katie and I different, but we also understand things different. I, I, I love when she spends time with me. I love it when she says cute things about me. This is Katie, my wife, or people in general. You spend time with me, I'm going to love you, right? Like, I'm like a puppy. Like, that's me. That's my personality. Yet, yet my wife, Katie, she's a, an action person. When you do things for her, that communicates love. So if I express my love to her in a way that I interpret love and not the way she interprets love, she's, she's not going to feel love. In the same token, have you ever in a marriage been so frustrated when you do something for your spouse, yet your spouse completely doesn't recognize it? That's kind of the essence of love and respect. It's seeing each other. And I, and I love even in that, that introduction to the course, it, it, it paints this picture that it's given regardless of earning it. Why? Because that is the example that God has set. See, when Jesus died and rose again, he died even though we didn't deserve it. He gave us grace even though we didn't earn it. He gives us acceptance even though we're not worthy of it. And in the same token, if we treat others in the same way that Christ treats us, then that expectation is the same. Now apply that to marriage. That I give love to my... Whoa. I, like, you know, I love my wife not because she has done something for me, but because I give love. That, the, the, the surrendering. We respect our husbands with our tone and our attitude. And husbands, we love our wives with our actions and, and our effort. And this beautiful thing, we, we, we make this together. I, I want us to understand something this morning. And, and as we talk about marriage, that God designed marriage to be a one 100% partnership, where two together are better than one. This is the perfect design of marriage. Now, even before kind of sin entered this world in the fall, we see in Genesis 2, 18 to 20, and you can look it up, this perfect picture of how God designed marriage kind of before we corrupted it. And he looked at his creation and realized that the very person he made in his own image is incomplete without another. I don't know if you've ever thought about that. That when he looked and said, there is something missing, the very person he made in his image, he said, you're not yet complete. There's actually more. There's more to it. And if we look at it, he uses the phrase, I, I, I want to give you a helper suitable for him. A helper suitable for him. Now, in our limited understanding, we see the term helper and, and we think of like less than, the help, right? I just got into the crown. I don't know if anyone's watched the crown. Great, like, I don't know if it's actually, yeah, I think it's actually pretty true. But anyways, you see the attitude with the help. 
right? You don't talk to the help. The helper here, and we're here, right? And yet, this is not what that word means. Now, the particular word help that God uses to describe making Eve is the word ezer. Now, every other reference, not every other reference, but like 90% of the reference of that word ezer or helper is in reference to God rescuing. When God rescues Israel, when God rescues Abraham, when God comes to the rescue, it's that word ezer. It's a powerful term. Now, when we think of God coming to the rescue, do we think of less than? Do we think of the help? We think of God, right? Yet this is the very word God uses and chooses to use when he says, I will make you a partner for you. I will make you help suitable for you. In our marriages, do we see our spouse as Ezer? <laughs> as the God kind of help? Or do we now see them as the burden, the person who doesn't love me, the person who doesn't get me? And I remember the old good old days when my husband would buy me flowers, and I remember the day when my wife would make me a rose. All these back memories of like how things used to be. Yet do we see each other like we were actually created to be? Partnered together. The biblical picture of marriage is two individuals who carry the image of God individually, come together and make something even more wonderful. Now, I have done a lot of weddings, and I've come with all these different analogies to try to describe what this is, and they all kind of fall short, but one of my favorite is one of my very favorite desserts, Rice Krispie Squares. I love Rice Krispie Squares, but individually, Rice Krispies, kind of bland. Anyone else with me? I mean, they snap, crackle, pop, but they get soggy, and they're kind of bland. And marshmallows. Some people like marshmallows, but let's be honest. Even if you like marshmallows, they're kind of one note, right? It's kind of just sweet, right? Even when they're stale, it's funny. They don't change flavor. Anyone notice that? Individually, they're kind of like, eh. Yet someone decided, what happens if we put them together? And when you put them together, they make something wholly different, completely different. They make Rice Krispie squares. And while individually they serve their own purpose, when they come together, they make something that, man, they're so magical. Now, we could use other examples, you know, chocolate and fruit. Who would have thought? Now, how many times have we thought of that with food in general? Like, who would have thought to put them together? And sometimes when I look at people, who would have thought? That together. Now here we're talking marriage. And sometimes I look at some of the people I'm marrying or, or, or couples I know, and I just go, there is someone for everyone. Because that person is definitely not for me, right? Yet I sometimes am just left amazed at how two individuals, when they submit under God's authority, when they look to grow, like just in that biblical definition of marriage, 
make something so beautiful. When I look at myself before I was married, I always think, Katie, what were you thinking? Yet God knew something because I am better today because I am married to Katie. Because of the submission that we both show each other in marriage, we're actually growing into something that's better. My marriage is like a Rice Krispie square. We've been given tools that enable us to work on ourselves and our marriage. We've been given, first of all, the Word of God. Now, sometimes on the surface, it's hard to interpret. Like, I don't have the expectation that everyone would read this verse, see the word submit, find out what the word is, go study journals, and see the full picture of it. But God knows, and he put that desire in people. And all of a sudden, there's a person who just looks at that and thinks, this is the most exciting thing ever. And there's other people who are like, that's the most boring thing ever. Yet, the giftings work together, and I can learn from the person who's excited about that, just like I can learn from you. And, you know, do you see the picture? Now, we, we've all been given these tools and these abilities and these gifts that when we apply them to our lives, we can individually grow, and when we apply them to our marriage, we can have growth in our marriages. Your marriage right now does not have to be the same. Now, it can be excellent, and it can still grow. And it can be horrible, and there is still hope because there is growth. If there is a willingness to grow together, then there is hope for marriages everywhere, whether you're watching online or here. When we begin to apply what Paul is teaching in Ephesians, when we imitate God in our actions towards our husbands and wives, we can see growth. My dad is an excellent gardener. He really, really is. And I'm not. I'm really not. Yet I love watching my dad save plants. He's done it. I've watched my dad bring a fig tree out of a cutting and grow it. I've watched him nurture tomato plants that had that white stuff on it and cleans and feeds it. And all of a sudden, you got tomatoes, right? Like, I've seen him do things that I can't do. When I think things are hopeless in a garden, my dad sees hope because he knows how to fix it. Now, it's the same thing with God. God individually made us. And no one knows us better. And God's heart and desire for us is that we would thrive in every avenue of our life. And marriage is it. Marriage is so important. It plays a massive role in our families. How many people are affected by broken marriages? Just personally. How many of us have witnessed brokenness in marriage? How many of us are maybe kids of divorce and separation? How many communities have been impacted because of broken marriages? What do our churches look like because of broken marriages? Marriage and family is vital. Not only to the health of every church, but the health of every community. We need it. And we have an enemy who wants the opposite. Where God wants us to thrive, our enemy wants us to see destruction. 
And he's going to destroy the very things that bring life. And marriage is one of those things. And this morning, if we are willing to allow God into our marriages, if we're willing to make an effort to create healthy homes as opposed to let's just make it for the kids or let's just make it for the image, then there's hope. And this is my challenge to the marriages here, to the marriages watching or listening later. That as a couple, you would honestly ask yourselves, can we be better? Can this produce better fruit? Does God want more from our marriage? And if the answer is yes, can I challenge you to commit one hour a week to working on it? Go through the resources. Find one on marriage and do it together. Watch a video. The particular one I chose to use, the videos are about seven to eight minutes long. Commit to eight minutes. Learn. Talk about it. Can we grow even better? Talk to someone about it. Be honest with what's going on in your marriage. Because this is the hope we have. That God can restore. God's heart is to restore. And we can move into healthy marriages. So this morning, I, I want to pray for everyone. First of all, even if you're not married, it's not like these principles don't apply. When we work on ourselves, we become better, right? We grow. The beginning of the verse started with submit to one another. Imitate God. Well, imitate God in his love for each other. Imitate God in his sacrifice for each other. These are areas that we can grow in. And if you recognize that, man, these are areas I, I need to grow in, then I want to pray for you. This morning, if you're listening or you're here and, and your marriages are just one of passive aggressiveness back and forth, I want to tell you that there's more and there can be more. And I want to pray for you. I want to pray for your heart. I notice a lot of times that when spouses are regularly on the same time frame. Does anyone relate to that? You know, sometimes, you know, there is a, a wife who's ready to work on things, but the spouse has given up. And then the, spouse, then the spouse, then the husband's given up. And then the husband's there, okay, I'm ready to work on it. But now the wife's like, well, I wanted to work on it like a year ago. And then even in that, there needs to be some submitting. There needs to be some laying down. And maybe you're in a marriage where, where you have put all the effort and now it's your spouse that says, maybe we should do something. And there's resentment there because I have put all this effort for this many years. And now you want to do something? It's too late. Can I just challenge and pray for you that you would lay down your right because you're our right to bring health and growth in your marriage? I want to pray for you there. And also, man, if you're watching this and you're like, man, my marriage is awesome. It's perfect. Well, then let's pray for more because there could be even more growth. I am still growing and learning. Trust me. As my wife watches this, she's like, are you growing and learning? I'm trying, yeah. right? So why don't you guys just stand and join me in prayer. So Holy Spirit, we just ask for your help. 
Would you help us to imitate you? Would you continue to reveal to us what it's like to truly love one another, where that we lack patience or where we, we keep records of wrong, where we lack the opposite of 1 Corinthians 13. Holy Spirit, would you expose that so that we can begin to lay those things down and be transformed by your grace and your love. We want to grow not only in our knowledge of your love for us, but also in our ability to love others around us. And we just pray for even that supernaturally where we don't naturally like the people around us. Holy Spirit, would you give us a natural ability to love and to lay our rights down for others? And I, I pray for marriages where there just has been a struggle for a very long time. And I just pray, Holy Spirit, just for a, the, the miracle of, of repentance, the miracle of turning around, the miracle of laying ourselves down. I pray for humility to begin to reign in our interactions with our spouses. I pray that there would just be this desire that says, yes, I want to do this. Yes, I want to learn. Yes, I want to grow. Yes, I want to break this crazy cycle of, of hurting each other so we can move in health. And Holy Spirit, as we say yes to you, we invite you in to begin taking inventory and begin working and growing your good fruit. I just pray for protection over our marriages where, where our enemy is finding little holes and, and trying to hit and bring uh, a dissension and arguing and fighting and, and strife. We just pray against it in the name of Jesus. And we pray that grace would begin to reign in each of our homes individually, that we would just see a tangible sense of this growth in love and grace in our very homes. We pray for your help, Jesus. And for the rest of us, Father, we just want more. We want to continue growing. More knowledge of your love. More just experiences of fruit being grown in our marriage. And we just pray for signs and wonders that together as couples that we would continue to see the power of your Holy Spirit. That we'd be able to see people saved, healed, and delivered wherever we go and minister and partner together. I thank you that we are better together. We pray this, Father, in your name, Jesus. Amen. This morning as you go, I go and I pray that you would be challenged in your own marriages, that there would be a desire to grow together, and I pray that you'd be blessed this week. Amen. Thank you, guys.